Hello, uh, I'm Marshall here at uh, Worldcon 2019 in Dublin, uh, and I'm, I'm very lucky to have my guest, uh, Anne Charnock. Uh, thanks, Anne, for being here. Oh, you're welcome. I'm more than happy to have a chat. Can you, um, can you give us a little bit of background about uh, what, what you do and, and why you're here? Uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I w- was a science uh, journalist. Uh, that was my first career in writing. I was writing for New Scientist and The Guardian, different people. And um, so I came to fiction writing quite late. Uh, I now have four novels. And um, what the theme through them is that I really write about near future science fiction. So there's no kind of fantasy elements. It's It's... Uh, pure speculative fiction, and uh, my uh, first and um, my first novel, A Calculated Life, was a dystopian novel set in the corporate sector, set in Manchester in the north of England, and my novel that's going to be published uh, in February next year, uh, in 2020, that's set in that that same world as the first novel, so they standalones. But they're connected, uh, but you could read them in either order. Uh, so it's still set within that dystopian world. Um, my n- novel that's just um, most recently published is Dreams Before the Start of Time, and that looks at um, uh, human reproductive technologies and uh, for genetics and fertility science and that is really set from close to the present day going forward say a hundred years and uh, is really looking at um, the, the different ways people will make make families in the future about the uh, about the use of artificial wombs it's very much based on current research and, uh, uh, and the way it's going so uh, I'd like to think a lot of my works within the realm of plausibility yeah, that's very exciting. Uh, and uh, sorry, it was Dreams Before the... Dreams Before the Start of Time, and it was published in 2017, and it actually won the Arthur C. Clarke Award. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, so in, in your writing, because uh, something we talk about a lot is sort of like the, the economics or the changes that we see um in in stories and the the assumptions that go into them so are there any things that you sort of explicitly think of sort of around like policy changes or, yeah. or economic changes definitely because when i when i started writing my first novel uh i didn't know how to write a novel so what i did was i wrote myself a briefing paper it was just for me. Yeah. I didn't show it to anybody else. And I don't know if I still have it. It must be lurking somewhere on my hard drive. And it was basically a, like a little briefing paper saying, what's similar about this world, which is set in the late 21st century? What's similar to the present day and what's changed? What are the, what's the system of government? Um, has it gone to the left? Has it gone to the right? Uh, what are the social changes? H- how is society organised? How is it stratified? And so I just I just wrote these down, and um, not that I kind of used them, but they, they were there in the backdrop. So everything I wrote had that at the back of my mind because I felt it had to stack up um, <laughs> as best I could in terms of socio-economic changes. Uh, that there was some kind of logic behind uh, the story as it progressed. Yeah. Um, and then in Dreams Before the Start of Time, 
I was really looking at, uh, because it's to do with human reproductive technologies and genetic engineering, you know, I had to consider what would be allowed by system, systems of government. Would certain, certain procedures be available or would they be available in some countries and not in others? And how would that affect relationships between people because of course the personal is political absolutely and so so anything to do with uh, starting a family is becomes enmeshed in uh, public policy Mm -hmm. i think also starting families is often a very economic choice uh that it it has it has a bearing on sort of like your own economic security and then also now you're sort of responsible for somebody else's economic security um, so in, in that story, do you have any changes around sort of like family makeup of like, instead of being the traditional sort of two partner household with, with children because it's different? Yeah, definitely. Because I mean, in a way I feel that, uh, once we have artificial wombs, uh, and it, it won't be available to everybody, of course, but you know, to the people who have access to this uh, new technology, perhaps in 40 or 50 years time. The question is, how will that link up with existing technologies like IVF? Mm-hmm. And then, perhaps a little bit further down the line, there will be other developments in genetic engineering so that you could have a situation where um, eggs and sperm can be created from stem cells. So a, a, a woman could create a baby from two eggs through a process of parthenogenesis and, yep. and have a baby. Or uh, a guy could use an egg made from his own uh, stem cells yep. and create a baby. And linked, so that would, that, that embryo would be created in an IVF situation in the lab and then, tra- and then transplanted instead of into a surrogate as it would be now, it would be transplanted into an artificial womb. So, that, so in that future, you would have a, the prospect of anybody, um, in theory, anybody being able to start a family. Yeah. So it's like the, the great equaliser in a way. But then how does that roll out? Yeah. And what does government policy want to encourage that or doesn't it? Absolutely. And uh, what guidelines need to be in position? In position, should those guidelines be mandatory? Will people travel to other countries to, 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 for procedures that right. aren't allowed in yeah, their in home their, country? Yep, yep. So, you know, there's all these considerations. For sure. I was talking to uh, a con... Uh, I was talking to another uh, attendee here at Worldcon yesterday who, who's, uh, who's Polish. She was saying the current government there is, uh, has ended funding for IVF. Oh, wow. Very, very right-wing government. Yes. As, uh, and, and suddenly it comes home to you that, yes, these things can change overnight. The yep. things that you take for granted that, will, that are currently allowed, you know, it will be, vary across the globe depending on, you know, Who's in power? Yeah, the technology might be available, but mm. you know, does the government allow it? Or yes, yeah, it's it's um. So I have a, a the future is here, but it's unevenly distributed. Exactly. So I have one character in uh, Dreams Before the Start of Time, uh, a, a man who wants to have have a family, and he it's not currently allowable in the story where he lives. So he travels to India, and 
he uses technology to be able to um, you go to a fertility clinic, kind of rent an artificial womb <laughs> yeah. for his baby, and then when the baby's gestated and, and decanted, <laughs> comes home with the baby. I mean, at the moment, you, you, it, when you look worldwide, you'd, you'd look at which countries at the moment have the greatest um, density of fertility clinics. So for where this, these procedures might be available. So you're looking at, say, Spain, Japan, uh, India, China. So these are the places where, you know, it's more likely that right. uh, the technology will roll out quicker. Yeah. Well, those sound fantastic. Um, and, and, yeah, thank you so much for, for being with us. I'm, uh, I'm definitely looking forward to, to reading uh, some oh, of your welcome. works. Okay.